Today is recall day in California. After years of conservatives organizing, overcoming incredible odds, even fielding a serious candidate with name recognition, with fundraising ability, Larry Elder, today is the day that Californians unhappy with Gavin Newsom can go vote him out of office. Unless they discover, as many Californians have over the past few days, that they already apparently voted. It's quite a story. Good question. What is going on? We spoke with several concerned voters here in the West San Fernando Valley who believe something wonky had been going on at places like El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills. I went to El Camino High School to vote, got there at 1030, gave her this and she scanned it and said, you voted. And I said, no, I haven't. And she said, this has been happening all morning. The man next to me was arguing the same thing. So as I left, I did the provisional ballot, and left. I'm just really angry, and I saw two women walking toward me as I left, and I said, don't be surprised if they tell you you've already voted. And she said, they've already done that. If I voted, how did I vote? And who did you vote for? Well, I asked the couple, the young women that I talked to, and I said, are you by any chance Republicans? She said, yes, and I said, well, so am I. And so are the two friends that had the problem at VFW. What a coincidence. Already major publications are calling the race a lock for Gavin Newsom. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Either way, no one is going to have any trust in the results. No Republicans, certainly, nor should they. If the past few years of American politics have given us anything, it's a peek behind the curtains to see just how removed the way that we're told our politics works is from the way that our politics actually works. Then AOC wears a tax, the rich dress to a party with all of her rich friends. The FEC defends big tech's right to throw elections. And Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci wants to keep you off of airplanes unless you take his shot. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Cool Papa J Magic, who says, the funniest part of all this is that nobody is listening to Biden. His dictates have no bearing on the way we live. It's like he's only talking to the blue states at this point. It is exactly like that. Frankly, I'm not sure he's even talking to the blue states. I'm not sure that Joe Biden is all that relevant to the way our government actually works. He's incompetent. He messes things up, to paraphrase Barack Obama, but I'm not sure that he's the one actually running the show. When there's all this sorts of craziness, you know, when there are fears of inflation, real inflation going on in our country, you might want to hedge your investments with Acre Gold. I love Acre Gold. I love investing in physical precious metals. I love doing so for as little as $30 a month. But Michael, you liar, gold costs, calm down, calm down, all right? You, I'm not lying to you. You can invest in physical precious metals for as little as $30 a month with Acre, because Acre allows you to subscribe to gold bars. When your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, Acre will discreetly ship the gold to your house. Acre's also introduced a new $100 a month subscription to a five gram gold bar. Keeps you updated on your gold stash every month. Ships once you reach the price threshold. The big takeaway here though, is that you don't need to come out of pocket, okay? I have really enjoyed investing in physical precious metals. I've really enjoyed investing in Acre Gold. Head on over to getacregold.com slash Knowles 
today, start investing in physical gold. Make sure you go to that URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That's getacregold.com slash Knowles. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. They've been doing this in California for years. About five years ago, back before I fled California, I went to vote in the 2016 election. I show up to vote in my precinct in the primary. And in the primary, you show up at the Democrat and Republican primaries are on the same day and you, you tell them your voter affiliation and they hand you the correct ballot. So I walk up there, just sort of automatically she reaches for the Democrat ballot, but she asks, she goes, Democrat or Republican? I said, I'm a Republican. She stopped. She looked up at me like I had three heads, like I was crazy. Then she hands me my ballot and you get a little ticket that, to show that you, you voted. The ticket has a number on it. Shows you what number you were in, in terms of the members of your party in the precinct. Mine was, I cannot forget this, 0000003. Friend of mine was 0000005. There was another one. I forget where he was. So two, two Republican friends of mine and I, all in different precincts. We go, we vote. It's all good. General election shows up. We come to the polling places. I say, hi, I'm Michael Knowles. I'm here to vote. They say, I'm sorry, Mr. Knowles, you're not on the voter rolls. I said, okay, well, maybe that's just a mistake. I, I asked another Republican friend, I said, hey, did you have any problems voting? He said, you know, I, I did actually. I wasn't on the voter rolls, even though I voted in the primary. I asked a third Republican friend in LA, I said, hey, did you have problems voting? He says, yes, I did. I wasn't on the voter rolls, even though I voted in the primary. So my third friend is a lawyer. He pursues this to no end. Four months later, he finally gets an answer, I think from the county clerk, something like that. And the answer is, oh, whoopsie daisy, clerical error. Whoops. So we voted provisionally. Did our votes count? I don't, probably not. I mean, if they, you know, provisional ballots are only counted much later. So, uh, no, this has been going on for a long time. We called it from the very beginning of this race. We said, you know, there's a strange coincidence. There's a hole punched out in the envelope for the ballot and the hole lines up exactly over where you would answer whether or not you want to recall Gavin Newsom. So you can tell from the outside of the envelope if you're going to recall Newsom. And what, what do the election officials in California say? Oh, whoops. Oh, it's just a coincidence. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a, an important thing to process the ballot. And for, so you can sign. It's not, has nothing to do with where that most important question is. Now we're hearing people voting twice. Friends of mine who moved out of California are receiving ballots uh, still. And they're hearing, even if they requested not to receive a ballot, you're, I'm hearing stories of people who are receiving multiple ballots under their new name, under their maiden name. It's just so obviously crooked. And now we're already being told, there are already preemptive articles from the left saying the the Trump GOP election lies are coming from for Newsom. No, it's a bunch of crooks in, in California who are obviously trying to rig this thing. I'm not, by the way, I'm not even saying the election is being stolen at the very moment. I, I just, you just don't know. Sure doesn't look good. <laughs> but the result of this is going to be that Republicans are going to have no faith in that election, nor should they, nor should they. There have been too many shenanigans before our very eyes. The, the news story that I just played, that's not from the arch right wing conspiracy network. That's from local news in California that's run almost entirely by Dems. And even they are saying, wait a second, what's going on? We've been hearing this all morning. Brings me to the top story from last night, which is going to seem like it's not connected, but it actually is connected. This is representative AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who showed up to the Met Gala, one of the most preposterous, 
frilly, silly events of the year where people wear lots of silly sorts of outfits and they pay upwards of $30,000 a ticket and they go hobnob with very rich people. So AOC shows up and she gets the attention she craves and she wears a dress that says on the back of it, tax the rich right over her uh, derriere. You see, it's not on the front, it's on the back. Tax the rich. And she coquettishly looks over her shoulder. Ah, yes, that'll show the man. She shows up to this very fancy event and says, tax the rich, right? So everyone's focusing on the hypocrisy. This is a wealthy woman who's showing up to a lavish party with all of her extraordinarily wealthy friends. And she says, tax the rich, right? And that's, this is hypocritical, sure. But more offensive to me than the hypocrisy is the frivolity of it all. We are supposed to believe that This clown show, this bread and circuses, actually defines our politics. Oh, AOC, that'll, she'll show them. It's AOC versus the Republicans. Oh, who's going to win? Oh, oh, did you see what AOC tweeted? Oh, did you see what so-and-so tweeted today? In fact, it's, it's just a performance. Whatever this woman does, some other silly woman showed up and said, equal rights for women, you know, at this, at the most establishment of the establishmentarian, establishmentarian events of the year. This has very little to do with the way we're actually governed. It, it, this is a sideshow. This is a circus to keep us all entertained. So we root for AOC or we root against AOC and we all jibber jabber about the dresses. The, the way our government is actually run is that some bureaucrat that you've never heard of at like OSHA, or at one of the alphabet agencies in Washington, D.C., just write some regulation that you're almost certainly never going to hear about, and then that's going to have effects down the line on some business, and it's going to change the way that you uh, interact with society. It's going to change the way the economy is run, and and it, you're not even going to notice it because you're going to be focused on AOC's stupid dress. To me, that's what's so frustrating. It's so disrespectful, not that AOC, I mean, it's disrespectful that AOC is pretending to be this people's champion when she is the darling of the establishment at the Met Gala. $30,000 a ticket. But it's, it's more offensive that the lack of respect that these people in general have for the voters, for the American people who are being denied our political rights, who are being deprived of our way of life, who can't even have faith in the integrity of our elections. But boy, do we have a good sideshow. The other strange thing, not strange if you've been paying attention, about the Met Gala is that none of the people were wearing masks. AOC wasn't wearing a mask. Some other lady, I don't know. I don't know a lot of these rich, fancy New York society types, a lot of famous politicians and actors and actresses there. None of them were wearing masks. Actually, the only people who were wearing masks were, were, were the help. It was the staff. All the staff that were waiting on the celebrities hand and foot, they had to wear masks to keep their filth away from the good, clean, beautiful, famous people, the ruling class. They don't want to get those nasty, icky germs from the yucky help. So the help wears the masks. The anointed ones don't have to wear the masks, even though we're living. Is it still the Delta that's surging allegedly, or is it the Lambda now, or is it the Sigma? What is it? Is it, it's, it's the 15th day to slow the spread or it's the 570th day? To, I, don't, I don't quite remember. All I know is you filthy pigs need to keep your masks on to keep your yucky breath and germs away from us beautiful anointed people. Tax the rich. Tax the, we're going to show them power to the people. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. What a bunch of clowns. I mean, they, they actually dressed up like clowns. 
And then they put on a big circus. And, and by the way, we fell for it. We're all talking about it. We sort of have to talk about it. But if I, if I must talk about it, I, I do not want to talk about it from the shallow perspective that the ruling class wants us to. I at least want to lift back that curtain. I think so much of the, the past four or five years has been about pulling back that curtain. Now we're seeing, if you, if you tune into it, if you search really, really hard, you'll find out the way that we're actually governed. New rules coming out from the FEC, new rules coming out from the IRS that are going to, one, undermine election integrity even more, but two, they're going to have a far greater impact on our actual political life than whatever blather comes out of AOC's mouth. When you want to protect yourself, when you want to protect your assets, I would strongly recommend you check out American Home Shield. I hate thinking about household breakdowns, okay? And you know this, if I'm a recent homeowner, somehow every month something breaks, okay? They happen. They happen more often than you'd like. That is why it pays to have a plan from American Home Shield to help cover the cost of repair and replacing things like, I don't know, your AC, like your fridge, like lots of other things in your house, okay? American Home Shield knows that no two homes are the same. That is why they have new options to help you find just the right coverage. American Home Shield members get more coverage options and fewer exclusions. Coverage is available no matter how old your systems and appliances are, okay? Right now, save yourself hassle, save yourself time, most importantly, save yourself money. Head on over to American Home Shield. Celebrate 50 years of their providing homeowners peace of mind. You can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. That is ahs.com slash Knowles, W-L-E-S. Now to save 50 bucks off. That's ahs.com slash Knowles for 50 bucks off any plan. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. The FEC, the Federal Election Commission, has just finally ruled, or rather refused to rule, on a claim that came out from Republicans many, many months ago. You'll remember, let me take you back to the way long ago days of the 2020 presidential election. The most secure presidential election in American history, where there's no questions whatsoever, and if you dare to question it, why, you're an insurrectionist. Probably just like the people in California were daring to question what's going on in that, that recall election. Anywho, the way that you know that the election, regardless of what happened in the voter machines or wherever else, the way you know that election was at least in part rigged is that big tech, the people who control the flow of information around the internet, shut down a negative news story about the Biden family right before the election. You don't need to talk about any other aspect to know that that election was in part rigged by the people who control our speech, which is by definition a political act. You'll remember there was a New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And Hunter Biden had a lot of incriminating stuff on his laptop, and it showed a lot of sexual and chemical uh, indiscretions. But it also showed evidence of corruption. It also showed, it implied evidence of corruption on the part of Joe Biden taking money from bad actors, selling government influence, really nasty stuff. The, the, the kind of corruption that actually compromises a political order. But maybe you didn't hear about that story. Because if you, if you or a friend of yours tried to post it on Twitter first and later Facebook and anywhere on Google, YouTube, that would be taken down. You just couldn't do it. 
It was called disinformation. No, this is unverified Russian, probably disinformation. If you tried to privately message that, that story, you would not be allowed to do that. Now, it later turned out the story was 100% completely correct. Oops. And they, they kind of admitted that later. They said, whoopsie daisy. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, the election's over. Haha, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> oh, it, by the way, next time we're going to do the exact same thing. So Republicans bring this to the Federal Election Commission. They say, Twitter can't do this. Twitter threw the freaking election in many ways. And what does the FEC says? Nope, never mind. No big deal. Twitter did nothing wrong. How about the IRS? Very few people are talking about this as well. In the three and a half trillion dollar budget reconciliation monstrosity that the libs and the squishes are pushing through the Congress right now, there is a little discussed provision by which the IRS will be able to force banks and financial institutions to send them more or less all of your financial information. Not just, hey, here's my income from the year. Here's, here's how much I'm going to pay in taxes. We're talking about transactions. We're talking about deposits. We're talking about withdrawals. We're talking about your entire financial life. And by the way, we don't use cash anymore. We, everything is electronic. So they're going to see all the products you make or all the products you purchase, all the products that you sell, who you're selling to, who you're buying from. They're going to be able to get more and more and more data. Now, the, the, squishy, shallow Republican talking point of this from the last couple decades is, is just going to be about how big government wants to take more of your money, more of your tax dollars. But it's, I don't actually think it's about money. So, I mean, yes, the government wants to take more of your money. Yes, they want to control your financial life to control your broader political life. But I think what this is really about, more precious than money, is data. It's about data. We are living right now through a major information revolution. You had the Industrial Revolution, in the 19th century, you had the managerial revolution in the 20th century. You're now seeing the information, the surveillance revolution in the 21st century. These, these gigantic entities in the government and outside the government and kind of working with the government like Google, they know everything about you. They know more about you than you know about yourself. Not only do they use that to predict what you're going to do, but they use that to modify your behavior as well. And the government, the federal government directly is trying to get in more and more on that action. And power to the people warrior tax the rich AOC isn't going to say boo about it because these tools, these hacks of the establishment exist for little other reason than to distract you and to put on a good show while the IRS and other, other agencies in poorly, fluorescently lit, hideous, brutalist buildings in D.C. go about the ugly work of actual government. We talk a lot about how in China they have a social credit system. We have a social credit system. We do. We have a social credit system that is so perverse that even the duly elected sitting president is sometimes not allowed to speak. On January 7th, regardless of what you think happened in the 2020 election, Donald Trump was the duly elected sitting president of the United States, and a handful of oligarchs took him out of the public conversation, just took him out completely. That if the social credit system can silence the duly elected sitting president, they can do it to any of us, and they have done it to a lot of us. And it's not just about the memes that you get to post on Twitter. It's not even just about the news stories you get to share. It's about your financial information. It's about your, your geographic information, Google Maps, which was developed 
in part with funding from the federal government and with Google, which is sort of a private company, but sort of not. Doesn't, doesn't sound all that different from China, does it? And we do have a social credit system and the libs are cheering it on. Jimmy Kimmel the other day, uh, allegedly a comedian. Is he a comedian? I don't know. He used to be sort of a comedian. Jimmy Kimmel now, who's hosting one of the lower rated late night talk shows, uh, came out and he said that uh, the people who refuse to get the Fauci ouchie, the people who refuse to get this hastily developed drug against the Wuhan cough, they do not deserve to be treated at hospitals. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. And that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... We've still got a lot of pandemics out there. People are still taking this ivermectin. This poison, you know, the poison control centers have seen as this spike in calls from people taking this livestock medicine to fight the coronavirus, but they won't take the vaccine, which is crazy. It's like if you're a vegan and you're like, no, I don't want a hamburger. Give me that can of Alpo instead. So uh, first of all, as, as we covered on the show last week, uh, ivermectin is not a horse drug any more than aspirin is a horse drug. Ivermectin is a drug approved by the FDA for use in humans called a wonder drug by many, many people. You can find a lot of studies about it from the National Institutes of Health. You can hear wonderful things said about it everywhere from the CDC to WebMD. It was only because some conservatives pointed out, huh, maybe we should start focusing on therapeutics to treat this virus rather than focusing on a vaccine that appears to be less effective than you all promised us it would be. Only then did they say it's a, it's horse goo. Ha ha, you dummies take the vaccine, which is totally hundred percent safe, except the teenage boys are 6.1 times as likely to suffer heart problems from the vaccine as they are to face hospitalization from the virus. That was another study from the science that came out just a couple of days ago, but ha ha ha, you, you unvaxxed people don't deserve a hospital bed. Hey, gay guy, you don't deserve a hospital bed if you get AIDS. Hey, fat guy, you don't deserve a hospital bed if you come down with a heart condition or diabetes. Hey, smoker, you don't deserve a hospital bed if you get cancer. Hey, including pot smokers, by the way. I know now it's easy to ostracize tobacco smokers because that's politically incorrect. What about the pot smokers? Hey, you can't. Nope, sorry, you can't. Is that how we're going to conduct medicine? Because in that case, no one's going to get treated for anything. (laughs) Because people, generally speaking suffer from medical conditions because of their lifestyle, because of their environments that they find themselves in. They, they, some of it is just born out of nature, but a lot of it comes from the way that we live our lives. But no, the, everyone else who makes choices gets to be treated, just not conservatives, because we don't score high enough on the social credit score. And now you're hearing this echoed at the heights of the federal government, the most powerful people in the government. I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I wonder if Joe Biden even knows that he's in the government. I'm talking about the actual top politician in this country, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, who had told, do you remember? I'm going to take you back. I know I'm taking you on a real memory whirlwind today. Some months ago, Dr. Fauci comes out and he says, no vaccine mandates. Vaccine mandate would encroach on people's liberty. We can't have that. And then just like every other point he made in this pandemic, don't wear masks, do wear masks. You're not going to get a vaccine. There is a vaccine. You're not going to have this in time. We're going to reopen in 15 days. No, actually, it's going to take 15 months. Actually, it's going to take more than 15 months. Just like on all of that, 
Dr. Fauci has now flipped his position on the mandates, and he's now saying you ought not really to be able even to get on an airplane unless you take his shot. When I want to get my blood flowing, when I want to get really good American nutrients, do you know where I go? I go to good ranchers. When's the last time you think you had American meat? Chances are it's been way too long, much longer than you believe that you did. Did you know that over 80% of the grass-fed beef sold in the U.S. is imported from overseas? My friends, the good ranchers, have traveled the country on a mission to help the American family by working together with local farms and ranches and shipping straight to your door. Goodranchers.com delivers American craft beef and better-than-organic chicken. They've got T-bones, fillets, strips, gourmet burgers, and more. And at half the price of online competitors, you get the steakhouse quality you deserve at a price every family can afford. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles right now and you can save 20 bucks or better yet, subscribe and save on each box of mouthwatering American meats that will show up right on schedule right to your door. I love it, especially the burgers. Strongly recommend the burgers. They're very juicy, very delicious. Right now, get 20 bucks off and free express shipping if you go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles or use code Knowles at checkout. 20 bucks off, free express shipping at goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Also, go check out Ben's show, AOC's Let Them Eat Cake. Ben, ben focuses on AOC's outrageous, silly dress from the Met Gala. Tune in tonight to Backstage with me, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, and Andrew Clavin to catch an all-new episode of us discussing everything that's happening, including vaccine mandates, how to fight them. Streams at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, dailywire.com, and on our Daily Wire YouTube channel. Do not miss it. We'll be back with a lot more. Hey, Dr. Fauci, after all this time, now I guess we're, we're going to be closing in on two years before you know it. Can we finally get back to normal yet? Can we finally return to our lives or are we going to have to, or are we going to have mandates and lockdowns? And what do you think about air travel? Do you, do you think you need to mandate the vaccine for air travel? I would support that if you want to get on a plane and travel with other people that you should be vaccinated. I would support that. Okay. Fauci, when he was, when he was just heating up that pot of water that all of us little frogs were in last year, remember we were all in it and, he, and we said, oh God, I hope you guys don't cook us. And I said, no, 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 we're never going to have a vaccine mandate. <laughs> no, a vaccine mandate would be absolutely in it. Well, maybe just some vaccine mandates. No, but you still have your human right to travel. There's no way. Well, actually, maybe you need to get your vaccine to travel. What, what is next? You're going to, in order to breathe. <laughs> in order to breathe the air in this once free country, you're going to need your shot pretty soon. Fauci goes on, by the way, he's talking about vaccine mandates. He goes on to talk about vaccine mandates for children. When you hear us say, should you mandate vaccination for children to be able to attend school? Some people say, oh my goodness, that would be terrible to do that. But we already do that and have been doing that for decades and decades. I don't know what school you went to, but the school that I went to, you had to be vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, polio, or otherwise you couldn't go to school. So it is not something new to mandate vaccines for school children. The solution that we have at our hands is vaccines. So what Dr. Fauci has just said here is not 
false. It actually shows you the cleverness and the political uh, ability that he has. He's saying, look, when I was in school, we had to get vaccines. That's true. Me too. You too, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure for most people out there, you had to get vaccines too. You know, look for polio, for rubella. He didn't say smallpox, but I'm sure he would have said smallpox. Um, Dr. Fauci, do you really believe that coronavirus and polio are the same thing? Are they in any way comparable? Polio, you potentially can never walk again. Polio turns you into FDR. The Wuhan virus, especially if you get it as a kid, statistically, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be, statistically speaking, you're going to be fine. Yes, we mandate certain, do we mandate the flu shot? No, we don't. Why? Because the flu is the flu. We don't. So what he's trying to do here, and by the way, the flu is a lot harsher on children, statistically, than the coronavirus is. So what he's trying to do is conflate these things that are totally incomparable. But, but all you really have to do is just rewind. Listen to all the times that Democrats spoke out, lying to your face, opposing the vaccine mandates that they are now all championing. I'd be pretty surprised if you mandated it for any element of the general public. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. And no federal mandate requiring everyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. We're not counting on vaccine mandates at all. Those are decisions the federal government is not going to make. You're not going to see a central mandate coming from the federal government. That's not the role of the federal government. You know, at the federal level, I don't have the... uh, the authority to either mask mandate or or vaccine mandate. That's not uh, what we do at the federal level. Definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. There will be no federal mandate. This is a decision that historically uh, has not come from the federal government around vaccine mandates. That has not happened ever, to my knowledge, at a national level. No federal mandate requiring everyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. These are the people that tell you that you can't question your election system. (laughs) These are the people that tell you you can't question anything about your government. These are the people that tell you you can't question anything about what Dr. Fauci says. Because Dr. Fauci is the science. He actually said that at one point. He said, when I am talking, I am describing the science. Fauci and the science are synonymous, right? And boy, that science sure can't make up its mind, can it? That science seems to change with the gusts of wind. (laughs) These people who lied to your face and now continue to gaslight you about very important stuff, about this unprecedented federal vaccine mandate. Now they're looking at you and saying, no, what what do you mean unprecedented? We've had, we always had this. Eurasia was a, Oceania was always at war with Eurasia. Oceania was always at war with East Asia. This is, uh, the word Orwellian is overused, but it's overused because people are seeing, seeing it happening all around us. Now, in fairness, I don't want to be too harsh on the ruling class right now, because while they are pushing a vaccine mandate for just about everybody, everybody who's not yet vaccinated, companies with more than a hundred people, employees and schools and sporting events and anyone who wants to go to a restaurant or a bar or get on an airplane or, you know, anybody, anybody. Jen Psaki wants to point out there's one big exception here. The illegal aliens who are flooding into our country, they don't, they don't need the vaccine. 
Why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country? Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. And so the president's announcement yesterday was an effort to empower businesses, to give businesses the tools to protect their workforces. That's exactly what we did. But certainly we want everybody to get vaccinated and more people are vaccinated, whether they are migrants or whether they are workers, protects more people in the United States. But it's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people. It is not a requirement for migrants at the southern border. Why? That's correct. Go ahead. Yeah, that's correct. So she dances around Peter Ducey's question. She refuses to answer the question, but she she kind of puts on a show. She does a little soft shoe to, to pretend like she's answering the question. And then Ducey hits it again. He says, no, I'm just asking about the very simple requirements. You are requiring American workers to get the vaccine, but even, even the illegal aliens that you're processing you are not requiring them to get the vaccine. And she looks at him, cold, dead eyes. She goes, yes, that's correct. Next question. What are you going to do about it, Peter Ducey? What are you going to do about it, deplorable, irredeemable, Bible-thumping Americans? Nothing. That's what. Because it's, it's not up to you. It's frankly not even up to us, is what she's implying. Th- these issues are polling terribly for Democrats. This is a political huge loser for Democrats, but the Democrats don't seem to care. Frankly, everything they're doing right now is a huge loser. Their immigration policies, their COVID policies, their economic policies, they're all huge. Obviously, Afghanistan, that seems like a million years ago, doesn't it? All huge losers for Democrats, and yet they don't care. They don't change course. Why is that? One, maybe they're not so worried about losing elections. Maybe they feel that the election system is going to protect them just fine. Two, maybe it's not even really them who's, who are making these decisions. Do you, do you think Joe Biden is the one calling these shots? Do you think Joe Biden knows e- even which end is up? I don't. And my evidence of this, by the way, is that one, when Joe Biden is answering questions from the press, he'll say, no, they told me to call on, I can only call on. Or he'll, he'll, when he's answering a question, he says, well, they said I'm not allowed to. So who's they? Who's they, buddy? But then second of all, when he does ask a question, when he does answer a question, often the White House, whoever's running things over the White House, will just cut his microphone feed. They did it again yesterday. Can I ask you a question? Of course. One of the things that... Uh, I've been working on with some others is <laughs> thank you for joining is what the screen says. Joe Biden was in Boise talking about wildfires. He's talking with some leaders around there. He, he was asking George Geisler of the National Association of State Foresters, a question that obviously has quite a lot to do with public policy. Uh, but the White House thought, no, we don't. Okay. We don't want this out there. We're just going to cut his microphone. Just like big tech is going to cut the microphone of Donald Trump in a less offensive, in a less adversarial, but still pretty shocking way, the blob that's running the show is going to cut the microphone of the duly elected, well, (laughs) of the uh, sitting president of the United States. (laughs) What am I allowed to say? What am I allowed to say over here? I don't know. Speaking of people who are pushing back against the, the blob that's running our country, you got to give some credit to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, who is 
you know, obviously setting himself up to run for president in 2024 as a Republican. Ron DeSantis just won a major battle in the courts. First District Court of Appeals just granted the state of Florida's request to reinstate the stay that, that would uh, mean now that the rule requiring all Florida school districts to protect parents' rights to make choices about masking kids is back. Okay, so what has Ron DeSantis done? I think there are three options here. Frankly, I wish he went further. The one option is force all the kids to wear the masks. The second option is do not force the kids to wear the masks. If some kids want to wear it, it's fine, but the schools can't mandate it and parents can get out of it. Okay. The third option is ban the masks. I would prefer the third option. I don't think you should be permitted to cover yourself up like you're wearing a burqa in Afghanistan or like you're a bandito from the old West. Okay. It's, it's, inhuman. It's disordered. And I, I just don't like it. I don't think we ought to run our lives that way. I don't think that we should muzzle one another. I don't think that we should stop one another from seeing our, each other's smiles and each other's faces. It's wrong. It's, it's disgusting. Those masks are gross and it's wrong. And if it, by the way, if the masks really worked, if they really slowed the spread to the degree that we were promised that they would after Dr. Fauci told us they don't work. Then he told us they do work and they're really, really important. Would we still be in this perpetual lockdown well over 500 days later? I don't think so. I'm not, let me, I'll, I'll take the Fauci line on this. I'm not saying the masks don't work to stop a droplet or two. I'm not saying that. But as Dr. Fauci also told us, people are fiddling with their faces. Maybe they're not using the masks correctly. And even, I'd like to go even further than that. Let's say that whatever the media tell us, the science is, let's say it's 100% true, okay? Let's say the, the masks really do stop the spread of the virus to some degree. I'm not even going to argue with that. I still don't like it. I still think that we, the people, have the right to govern ourselves. And I, th I still think that we, the people, if we don't want everyone to be wearing a secular hijab or a secular burqa, really more, more like it, I think we have the right to do that. I think we have that political right, but we, or we should have that political right, but, but that has been outsourced to technocrats and bureaucrats who are utterly unaccountable to the people, which this is why I'm, I'm so frustrated talking about AOC's dress. I think this is such a sideshow. This has so little to do with the way we're actually governed. It, it, it almost makes you want to turn to drugs, doesn't it? it uh, well, if you live in the state of Washington, you can turn to drugs and it's almost impossible to get arrested. As of this year, it is almost impossible to get arrested by a cop for doing drugs. Cops can no longer arrest someone for possession of drugs until the third time they catch them. Uh, this started in February when the Washington Supreme Court decided that uh, the state law against drug possession as a felony is unconstitutional. So this decriminalized drugs. Then in May, the state replaced the law with a new law saying it was, it's a misdemeanor. But still, the cops can't arrest you until the third occasion that you are caught. First time you get a warning. The second time you're given information for a rehab center. The third time you can be arrested and charged. But still, the governing authorities would prefer that you do not charge this. Per That's the preferred outcome in Washington state. And we are told this is a great victory for freedom. What freedom? The people of Washington are not allowed to pass their own drug laws. Yeah, it's true. You get the, the freedom, quote unquote, of the heroin addict who gets to shoot up unimpeded. 
But the, uh, first of all, I don't think that's freedom. I think that's slavery. I don't think the addicts would call that freedom either. The higher exalted political freedom of the people of Washington to pass laws against this kind of degeneracy in their state, that's gone. That's been taken away from them. Outside of an ordinary constitutional system, certainly outside of democracy. Sometimes we're a little tough on the libertarians on this show. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I want to be, I I really want to be clear about my language here because all these words, the libertarian and the populism and the Trumpism and the neoconservative and all this, all these words become a little murky, a little confusing. When people hear the term libertarian, it evokes two completely separate images. Sometimes you'll hear a libertarian as a, as a kind of person who doesn't want to go bomb the Middle East. You know, a libertarian as opposed to a neocon. And what they mean is the libertarian wants to stay home, focus on, uh, on the American homeland, not go pursue adventurism overseas. And the neocons, they want to go pursue adventurism overseas. But there's also libertarianism as applied to the domestic front. And the libertarian, like on, on a question like drugs, the libertarian would say, legalize all the drugs. You, the government has no right to stop you from using drugs meaning we the people have no right to pass drug laws. Let the guy shoot up. That's the height of freedom. That's the kind of libertarianism that I'm attacking because I think it's crazy. I think it's based on a false understanding of human nature. It's based on this idea that we are free-floating atoms, that we are born primarily with a rights and entitlement rather than obligations and duty and responsibility. It's based on an idea that there's no transcendent moral order, and it's based on the idea that true liberty is pursuing whatever disordered appetites you have rather than, as the founding fathers understood, the right to pursue virtue, the right to do what you ought to do, to have a flourishing place, to not mistake liberty for licentiousness. Nowhere did we see this confusion more clearly than at the MTV Video Music Awards the other night with one of the saddest displays that we've seen in a long time, Madonna shows up in a sort of leather, skimpy outfit. She's like a dominatrix, you know, 50 shades of gray kind of thing. And she is standing there, I guess, as a sex symbol. She used to be a sex symbol. This woman is 63 years old. I don't mean to be insulting. She looks pretty good for 63, I guess, but she's 63. She shouldn't be wearing this. It's gross. Don't do it. And this is what our society is now exalting as the height of freedom. The freedom of a 63-year-old woman to dress up like a, like a woman of ill repute, alone, on stage, putatively for the sexual gratification of the audience, but I don't think that was actually the effect. That's the height of freedom, right? No, I don't think so. This is, I mentioned George Orwell earlier. This is really Aldous Huxley. This is really Brave New World. This is the state coming in and undermining people's freedom by appealing to their most base desires, which unfortunately is a product not just of the radical left, but also of the libertarians who mistake pursuing your appetites and your whatever disordered desires you have for true freedom. And the result of that is that people now become enslaved to their sexual desires. People become enslaved to their drug desires. People become enslaved to all manner of selfishness and they lose the ability to govern themselves. And this is exploited by bad men who want to rule over you regardless of your constitutional order. Okay. Really bad stuff. And it's no coincidence that this has happened with the decline of religion. John Adams said the constitution is built for a moral and religious people. It is not fit to govern anyone else. That wasn't just a talking point. 
that what he was observing is that if you do not have religion and morality to rein in your basest appetites, which are licentious, they're not, they're not true liberty, then you're not going to, you're not going to be able to attain liberty. You're not going to be able to govern yourself. So it's no coincidence that we have lost our political rights as religion has declined. There was a study that just came out. There's a, yeah, I guess it's, a, I guess you'd call it a study. It seems like a kind of suspect study. It's from the Christian Post is reporting on it. Study was published by the Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University. It says that most adult U.S. Christians don't believe the Holy Spirit is real. Now, uh, look, <laughs> I'm no statistician. I'm no social scientist. But um, I'm pretty sure 100% of U.S. Christians believe the Holy Spirit is real. And the reason is, if you don't believe the Holy Spirit is real, you're not a Christian. It's, study says Christians don't believe in the Holy Spirit. But ontology and the definition of words says they do. Because <laughs> they do. Because you just can't be a Christian if you don't believe that. But this is, this is part of the same problem that you see in transgenderism, that you see in all the kooky, radical, racial ideologies, that you see in the oppression Olympics. It's the idea that you, uh, you actually see it in Planned Parenthood v. Casey when Anthony Kennedy came out and said that everyone has the right to define his own concept of existence. You don't. You don't have the right to just define what a Christian is outside of Christianity. You don't have a right, you don't have a right to identify as a Christian if you're not a Christian. You don't have a right to do all of these kooky things. But this, this identity politics, this ever less, less and less coherent identity politics is ripping the country apart. You're seeing it on the football field right now. The NFL has decided this season to debut the black national anthem at games. There's something called the black national anthem. And I guess it's the song, lift every voice and sing. And they're going to play it before each game as part of a quarter billion dollar investment towards social justice, whatever that is. So this is the black national anthem. Now, whatever, whatever this song is, it's not a national anthem because there's no, there's no nation of the blacks, right? And, and the nation that we're living in right now is, is America. That's a, so if this is a national anthem, then I guess the Star Spangled Banner is no longer the national anthem. If both of them are the national anthem, then we don't have a national anthem. Actually, we don't have a nation. If a distinct minority has its own national anthem, then, then it is not part of the broader nation. This, this was my issue with Juneteenth. It was called the Juneteenth National Independence Day. That's what it's called in the law, which means that it supplants the old National Independence Day, the 4th of July. You can't, you can't have two National Independence Days. You, you get one. You get one, you get one nation, but it doesn't seem that we have a nation anymore. We certainly don't have a nation that in any way resembles the nation that we had not so long ago. A revolution has taken place and a lot of people haven't even noticed. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. 
Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, AOC joins the Met Gala with a message for all of her fellow wealthy Marxists. And we discuss why the ritzy, unearned moral superiority of the Met Gala really matters. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Listen. 